Hey, Sean. Yo. Uh, I got in trouble. What did you do? Well, it's not what I did. It's more like what we did. What we like you and I? Yeah. Oh no. On a weekly basis, we talk about uh, our significant others, and I was informed by Angela, my girlfriend, my significant other, that she wishes to remain anonymous on our show. Um, so I am no longer allowed to talk about Angela. Redacted. My <laughs> girlfriend, who I've been dating for uh, almost four years now, Angela, who lives in the same house as me. Uh, if you're listening, or when you listen to this episode, Angela, my girlfriend, I uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will no longer be talking about you on our podcast. But uh, you want to know what I'm going to be talking about, John? I hope it's Angela. On this episode of the Scene on Screen podcast. Hey, whether it's your favorite tabletop adventure, movie, or video game, we've got you covered. Welcome to the Scene on Screen podcast with your hosts, Sean and David. Welcome, welcome to the Seat on Screen podcast with myself and David. Soon to be your roommate. <laughs> After that story, look at yeah. this. I just bought a. Uh, I just bought a doghouse. <laughs> it looks kind of spacious. <laughs> it's got got two stories, enough room for all your three D printers. Yeah. Oh man, it's it feels like forever since we recorded. Yeah, so long ago. Does I it not it, feel I like need... a while since we've actually recorded a show? Kinda. We had to. We had to delay. Uh, we should apologize to all our listeners, I guess, because we promised uh, an off-cycle meeple that didn't happen due to various people not feeling the greatest. What are you talking about? It was it, no. <laughs> it's not that. That that episode comes out next Tuesday. I know, but we kind of said in one of our shows last week that next Tuesday we'll be oh, back yeah. with meeples. Well, then we forgot that E three happened and. David and I were really, really tired last week. Oh, that was a busy week. We recorded quite a bit. Yeah, and my feelings were only slightly hurt. And I told you, I, I fucking told you, EA dropped a trailer for Madden. I was like, eh, EA doesn't want to participate in E3. They just want to slowly release all the stuff that they want to tell us about before July 22nd. Why before July 22nd? That's when their EA play is. A oh, one and a half okay. hour showcase of all things EA. Yeah, but you know what it's going to be? It's going to be like their last one that they did uh, last uh, E3, Terrible. like 2020, where it was like half of like half of it was just people talking about how EA makes them feel included. Well, um, speaking of EA, because why not? Uh, as you know, my significant other redacted. Because we'll do that now. <laughs> we'll maybe get a redacted sound. Yeah. Um, she, she's a big Sims player. She's a, a simmer as they say. Mm-hmm. And EA and the Sims released, um, I want to say it's called cottage lifestyle. It's the new content pack that's coming out. Is it like $25 for, no, it's like few... $50. It's fucking Holy ridiculous. Shit. And but she bought it. No, no, it hasn't come out yet. It comes out oh. on July 22nd. Okay. So she's going to buy it. Yes. But this is taught. This is taught 
EA like simmers one thing. They're like, why would you release it on the day of an EA play? So I started digging, started like ruffling around looking. It sounds like they're about to announce a Sims 5, but they don't want the content pack to be overshadowed by the announcement that'll come out probably in 2022. Mm. So they want to release this last content pack just before the Sims 5 gets announced. So we might see that according to some internet chatter. I don't think it's a lot of rumors because it's a lot more of the like the sim influencers that are talking about it. Right. Which I did not realize when we were talking about communities last week, we disrespected one of the biggest communities on the internet. Which one? The Sims community? Yeah, it's huge. Like it's like some of the games we play, the community is not even close. Oh, I know. Like there's like there's girls that I went to high school with that played the Sims back then and they still play the Sims. Yeah. It's funny because we uh, we talked about me downloading The Sims, so I, like we could have a Sims night, right? Like she's trying to play more video games with me. I'm trying to play some of the games she likes, and I went to go download it. Do you think you can find a cheap copy of this game anywhere? Oh no, no! Absolutely the base not. game is like twenty dollars everywhere, and she was like, "No, no, no, it's like five bucks." I'm not signing up for the EA Super Play or whatever it's called now. Is it not on? Uh... EA Access, though? It's on Game Pass, but only on console. Are you sure? Because EA Access on PC... Yes, but I I don't pay for EA Access anymore because I yes, get you it do. on... Yeah, you get it through... It's part of Game Pass Ultimate. So you're but, telling me if I log into Origin or Game Pass right now on my PC... No, that won't work. Because I use, I tried to do it through the virtual console on my PC to try and get into it, and it didn't allow it. Nah, it's not on. It's not on Game Pass, anyways. Yeah, it's only on console. But see, oh, hold on, searching for an EA game. Click your review EA games on Game Pass. Oh, you have to install EA Desktop. Okay. Oh, The Sims Four. It's on there. All right, I will try, but I didn't. Look at this right now. Sims Four Deluxe Party Edition. It's included in Game Pass. There you go, buddy. You're welcome. Yeah, on console. Oh. Wait, <laughs> what is she playing it on? Uh, she's playing on her Mac. And so why why are you want to play it on console, though? Because I don't want to play it on console. It's a builder. Why would I do that? Right. I'm, I'm saying, no, this is on PC. All right, moving on. Because EA Play is-, is part of Game Pass, right? Yes, yes. On PC. On your computer, on my pooter, you can play The Sims 4 Deluxe Party Edition f- for free, included with your Game Pass Ultimate membership. I'm looking right now, okay? I'm looking right now before we get into our first topic. I'm going to send you a screenshot right now. Okay, good. <laughs> this, this is making some good podcasting <laughs> content. You know what makes even better podcasting pon- uh, content? Me spending money and you somehow making money. Just did a bad thing. I regret the thing I did. And you're wondering what it is. Tell you what I did. I did a bad thing. So which one of us shall go first? Well, the I didn't really do a bad thing. Hilariously good bad thing. Well, I kinda it kinda did bite me in the butt though. <laughs> okay, I'll go first then because I can't wait to hear this story. Okay. Uh so I did a bad thing. I bought an Oculus 2. And I'm very happy with it. 
I got addicted to like what was that a three week turnaround from when I started borrowing a headset to buying one, something like that. Yeah, uh, I came into a little cash and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna do something for me. And now I play mini golf. I play board games. I haven't set it up with like uh, my Steam account yet, but yeah. So there's like a. Have you set up the the wireless display stuff? So you can hook up. You can hook up to your computer and play games through like your Steam VR and stuff like that wirelessly, instead of having to play games directly through like the Oculus Store. Oh no, I haven't yet. I um, I've only downloaded like three games on it. Uh, a nice little fishing game. I I got a, a game where you literally literally um dig through caves like you're on. Nice. A, What's it called? A cave cave digger. Yeah, that's exactly what it's called, actually. Really? Yeah. Oh. I got it on sale. Uh, I got Beat Saber because I'm a basic bitch. Beat Saber is such a good game. And I got um, Walkabout Mini Golf, which is really good. So question, for Beat Saber, though, can you install like a mod manager and install like custom-made songs and stuff? Yeah. Have you ever used the website Beast Saber? Or Saber? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I can download from there. I just haven't done it yet. Oh, okay, because like I know, like I have Beat Saber on Steam, and uh, there's like a whole big mod manager for that as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, so how long before your headset starts collecting dust? Um, not long, I don't think, or I mean, very long. <laughs> um, I haven't played it the last few days because I've been like. Like it sucks when I get headaches because I really want to play. But yeah. um, I, I know I mentioned this game to you, Demio. We're gonna have to sit down one night and play, or we can like put our headsets on and play TTS and just enjoy the atmosphere. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I like I'd be cool. I, I I'd be down trying to play uh, some tabletop simulator using the VR. It'll be really cool. Yeah. yeah, I know I did a bad thing that cost me money, but what did you do that now has bitten you in the ass? I made two hundred and sixty-seven dollars. What an obscure amount of money! <laughs> what did you do to acquire such cash? I sold the elusive electric scooter. <laughs> yeah. So there's some reasons why, but uh, it. So I was going to ride to and from work. Um. So I had inquired, I had asked uh, someone there with who I was told to ask with some authority um, whether or not I could just keep my scooter in the basement of the office. They proceeded to tell me over and over again how it's not their decision, there's not enough space, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, uh, you know what, uh, not worth my, my time and effort. So though, there were some talks going around the office of them putting a bike rack in. And I'm like, okay, cool. I will set it. Uh, I will hook up like a uh, like a bracket type thing onto the the main neck of the scooter, and then I can just lock it up like that, right? Mm-hmm. But realistically, they probably won't put a bike rack in and for quite some time because it's just not a priority right now. So, and it, it's just kind of taking up space in uh, the apartment, kind of cumbersome and stuff like that. So I'm like, you know what? I paid $13 for it. I'll just put it up online. So 
funny thing is, is we were actually recording an episode a few weeks ago. I had posted, uh, posted up on like Facebook marketplace and Kijiji and all that, um, around, I don't know, five thirty, And by the time we had finished recording our episode, so we'll say like, what, like two and a half hours. Cause we, we, we chat before and afterwards. I had already six or seven offers. Um, I had like some low ballers. I just was like, no, go away. Um, I had a poster for 300 bucks, right? Like it's a $600 scooter, 300 bucks. Why not? Uh, some people were like, I'll give you 200, 250, blah, 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 blah. One person's like, I'll give you 280 for it. I'm like, what? I'm thinking like, what an odd offer. Um, so then I eventually like this guy, like I guess lived a few blocks away or whatever. It's like, I told him I would drop it off. I would deliver it to him for 300 or if he wants to come pick it up for, for 280. So he decides to come pick it up and he comes and picks it up with, uh, I, I would assume it was his girlfriend on the back of his electric scooter. Oh no way. <laughs> so he was like, and this is like one of those like sit down, like, like, vespa type scooters right like mm-hmm. e-bike type things so i figured okay he brought some along to ride at home because from where they lived was not too far maybe like a 15 minute walk right 15 20 minute walk at most so it that's like a smart idea i was like okay cool so guy tried it out and then he proceeded to try and balance it on <laughs> the the baseboard or the like the floorboard of his his scooter while him and his girlfriend sat on it and they drove away i'm like okay good luck with that like (laughs) oh my god so it took uh someone who i'm not allowed to talk about um a few days to notice that it wasn't there (laughs) (laughs) uh so you said it got stolen well it was funny i was like i sold it and she was like really no i'm like yeah i did She's like, where is it? I'm like, it's gone. And she's, and she's like, I wanted to, I, I wanted to ride that. I'm like, every time I asked you, you said no. <laughs> so, yeah, she every so often brings that up that I, I sold the, the scooter before she could even try it. I'm like, hey, we had it for, I don't know, two, three months now, something like that, and whatever. I made out like a bandit. I made, I made mad profit on that. Yeah, you did. You made you made mad dinero. <laughs> yes, dinero. <laughs> do, do you know? Do you know who else is sad right now? It's not she who shall not be named. Yeah, the the unnamed one. It's Sony PlayStation fans. Uh, They're sad. Ah. Uh, Can I read you the title of an article on Forbes? No, word for word. I don't want to hear it. So our listeners do. You and I were talking about this the other day, how Bethesda came out and apologized to Sony PlayStation fans. But here's the real story. Bethesda isn't apologizing for Xbox exclusivity for games like Starfield. They're just sorry PlayStation fans are sad. <laughs> That's like such an insult. Womp womp. It's, oh, it's so funny because it's like, Oh, we're just sorry that you have feelings that you're feeling right now. Um, here I'm are. not sorry, like at all. It's so funny. Okay, so here's uh, here's the quote. What is it? Uh, Heinz, whoever Heinz is. Who's Heinz? Who's this? 
Tamor Hussein? No. No, Pete Hines. Pete Hines. Yeah, Tamor. Yeah, okay. Tamor Hussein is the guy from Forbes. Interviewing Pete Hines. And the quote is that he says, I'm not apologizing for exclusivity. I don't have to do anything. Some of our fans are very upset slash angry, and I'm sorry they are. That isn't wrong or weird. It's acknowledging how they feel. That's it. That's my whole point. So literally, they're just like, <laughs> okay, yeah, I get it. I'm sorry you feel bad for yourself. Did you but- see the, the counter argument for this too? It was just like, Sony wasn't able to afford Bethesda. No. Microsoft was tired of getting fucked around by Sony being like, hey, look at all these exclusive games. So they bought a few. Well, and that's the thing. That's what I don't understand is Sony has all of these games that are exclusive to their systems. They have the Spider-Mans. They have God of War. They have Horizon Zero Dawn. They have, uh, for the longest time, like the Yakuza games, right? Never heard of them. Up until recently. Uh, like there's a ton of games that have always like Ratchet and Clank, uh, Jack and Dexter. Like there's a ton of games that have been exclusive to the PlayStation family. And when they release these games, PlayStation, like, like Sony fanboys and hardcore PlayStation gamers are like, ah, like Xbox has no games, like suck it. We have everything here. Right. But now, when Microsoft does the same thing, when they buy a company and then opt into having that company that they now own only make a game specific for their system, then the Sony users are up in arms because, oh, it's not fair. Like, they shouldn't be able to do that. Like, they're just doing it in spite. Well, Sony has been doing that for a very, very long time. Like, really, when you think about the exclusive games that xbox has like that microsoft has versus those that sony has sony is way ahead of in numbers right that's because that's where they spend their money though well and that's the thing though right microsoft and and this shows the big difference between the two companies because granted these the games that come out for playstation the sony exclusives um they generally have very good single player stories, but that's what they are. Like they're single player experiences. Whereas if you look at games that come out on Microsoft consoles, even the exclusive ones, they have a very heavy multiplayer, uh, like mechanic built into it. Right. Look at like the four, four as a series, right? Sure. You can play them single player, but there's a huge, like the, multiplayer is built into the like the core fibers of those games oh yeah totally right and so i think that's what partly makes those types of games not like not harder to play in a sense but it lowers the longevity of the game itself just because um if you're playing a game that relies on an online community and eventually that online community disappears because people are playing other games, then the game itself kind of dies. Yeah, I agree. So, but when you buy a, uh, when you buy God of war, you know that you're getting a single player experience and that game experience is not going to change regardless of how old the game is or how many people are playing it. Do you remember when I got my PS4? 
Yes. It, the reason I bought the PS4 was solely to play single player games like The Last of Us, like Spider Man, like God of War, mm-hmm. to play all these exclusives because that's how Sony gets to market. If they want gamers that uh, to come over to their console, they are releasing compelling single player games that are so beyond comprehension that like they they move consoles. Mm-hmm. Where I'm kind of upset at this whole thing being even a thing is these same PlayStation users or Sony users that are upset are the same people who be like, oh, yeah, your stupid Xbox can't play God of War with that. Ha ha ha. Enjoy Avengers without Spider-Man because we have PlayStation. Same people. They can't have it both ways. And now they're pissed. Well, and that's the thing is like people are, laugh at xbox users because they don't have god of war or like they can't run it or like there's all always going to be these whole like oh like the graphics comparisons and stuff like that but sorry on on paper um the xbox series x is a more powerful system than the playstation 5 sorry guys but that's the truth that's not even on paper that's in hardware (laughs) yeah i know um so the whole like the biggest thing is when these games come out, it's how do the developers take advantage of the hardware? And I think when a game is made solely with a single player focus, they can focus more on making the, the game look as good as it possibly can with how well they can use, utilize the hardware. But then once you start adding multiplayer aspects into it, your, your dev team is divided, right? And then also you can't really have a game that uh, is like imagine a game with like maybe eventually they'll do it. But I would say like full on ray tracing in a large scale multiplayer game, right? With explosions and shit like that, like that, that, that's just not possible. Yeah. Or it'd be very difficult or in taxing on, on systems. Right. Um, I think this whole Bethesda being purchased or owned by Microsoft it is a very good thing for gamers because sure. Like if you want to play Starfield, you're going to have to buy an Xbox system, whatever you can get a series S for like less than $300. Right. But it is good for gamers because it means that there will be more focus on one, an individual platform. So we all know that Bethesda games come out, buggy and broken day one, maybe they'll be less buggy, <laughs> right? Because their entire dev team can focus on just making games for a single platform. And then also like this will allow these companies to focus more on just like good single player stories for one system. And, and I doubt that we're going to get just straight up single player games with no online stuff. Right, like Wolfens. If there's another Wolfenstein comes out, it's definitely going to have some multiplayer aspect. Actually, no, the other ones haven't had multiplayer. Hmm. I stand corrected. I corrected myself. I think there was only the one that had the multiplayer. Right, that was uh, they had like some co-op or whatever. But still, it's like this is good. This is good for the market because you know Sony was trying to do exclusives with Bethesda already before Microsoft even bought Zenimax Studios. Or whatever yeah. it is, right? With uh, Deathloop, 
right? Like, remember that was a, a such a big thing when when E three twenty twenty or EA or no, state of was, play now, right? Twenty twenty yeah. when they announced that, you know, it was such a big deal that Deathloop was coming from Bethesda or whatever, and it was an exclusive game, and it was exclusive for PlayStation, right? And and there was all of the the Sony fanboys were like, haha, suck it, Xbox users. You know, you guys don't get this game. But and then, then Microsoft was like, Mi- hold my beer. Right? Then Microsoft bought it and said, no, like, this is going to be a multi-platform game. And then they were like, oh, they, they just ruined it. Like, But the thing is, is like, as gamers, as people who, regardless of your skill, age, gender, location, shouldn't we just want each other to be able to enjoy the games that they want to play, regardless of platform or, or exclusivity, right? And I think Microsoft is on the forefront of doing that with Game Pass, making their allowing or creating, sorry, two different hardware systems, but in the same family that can play the same game, stuff like that at two different price points. And they're aimed towards the two different types of gamers, right? People who want like the best of the best with disc drives and highest quality possible. And people who just want digital, want smaller form factor graphics, aren't everything for them. You know what I mean? Like, so this whole, like when people get upset over the fact that Starfield's exclusive on Xbox, you know what? It's about time that, uh, yeah, what's the score? Microsoft, Ninety to four, right? It's about time <laughs> that Microsoft has something that everyone is excited for, and not just Microsoft being like, "Please enjoy this." Remember Crackdown Three? Yeah. Oh my god. Right, like that game. Like they hyped it up so much, and it came out, and it was like, okay, like it was all right. Starfield could be absolute ass, and it's not going to matter. Well, and that's the thing. It's like everyone expects it to be a buggy mess, anyways. It will sell like crazy. It will sell um, because I think a big part of its own marketing is the kind of elusiveness. Like the it's we don't really know much about it. It's a new game, new universe, but we know that we like Skyrim and Fallout and Elder Scrolls Online and all of those things. Right. So this is this new thing that people want. And now it's even harder for some people to get because now they have to buy an Xbox to play it. And they're just mad because they can't play it on their PlayStation, right? Like, man, I don't know. You know what I'm going to do day one. I'm going to download it on my Xbox and play it with no problems. Cause I have both an Xbox and a PlayStation five. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think like, and I, I saw one comment that kind of made me be like, huh, I think, Sony users, or maybe Sony itself, feel like they were owed one, right? So Bethesda or Microsoft pulls off that move with Deathloop, where it's now just a timed exclusive. So I think it comes out six months before Xbox gets it, type of thing. Something like that, yeah. And then Sony, they didn't really extend the olive branch by MLB. The rights went up for grabs, and they said, well, like the MLB itself was like, We'd sell more copies if you let us sell it on both systems. Well, and that's the thing. That was like the the actual licensing group. Exactly. So right? I feel like Sony and Sony fans feel like they were owed one because everybody knew Starfield was coming. We mm-hmm. knew about this three years ago. 
Oh, it's a game that's been 25 years in the making. Yes, but we only knew about it three years ago, so like 22 <laughs> years in the making for some of us. Yeah. Who knows, but whatever. Let's talk about more things that don't really make sense or timing, of course, is a funny thing. Pokemon Unite. You remember when we were uh, finishing off the podcast on Friday and uh, one of the last things we talked about was like, hey, why did we see no Pokemon announcement? Mm -hmm. That was a great question. They were like, you know what? We're going to release this after E3. And uh, the trailer's cool. Not going to lie. Here's the thing, though. It was a cinematic trailer. Most of it was cinematic. Yeah. Cinematic trailer that didn't really show anything, right? And technically, we saw Pokemon Unite E3 2020. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that MOBA Pokemon game. That, no, that was um the the Pokemon Direct. Remember? It was oh, like yeah, that. Right. And the but it was po- right around that time, though. Yeah. Right? But still, it was like, okay, they just showed more. You know, I, I honestly forgot about this game. <laughs> TBH. Like, I feel like it should have been out by now. And I think a lot of users are going to be incredibly disappointed when it doesn't look like the cinematic. That's why I think when they come out with cinematic trailers, they just need like a big watermark, like throw over the entire thing. Not actual game footage. <laughs> not, not actual no, it game says footage. that right in the bottom left corner. I know, but people are still going to complain. Yeah, it, it's the game looks cool. You know, what? like we'll probably play it. It comes. It's coming out on Switch, right? Switch and mobile. Yep. Yeah. Which means the cost has to be lower. Well, it's a free to play game. There's got to be a cost to it somewhere. Yeah, you're gonna there's gonna be microtransactions for unlocking Pokemon, guaranteed. Yeah, that's like, what it's gonna be. You're gonna have you like see in the trailer, they're like no Lucario for you. Well, you're gonna have like Bulbasaur, Charmander, Squirtle, Pikachu. Those are gonna be your the, the Pokemon that you get. And if you want anything else, like they'll evolve through the, the game, right? Like I I'm pretty sure that's how it works like yeah, through evolve each, every round like through the rounds. each like yeah level um but in order to unlock like other ones you're definitely going to have to pay for it well the trailer features like gibble pikachu score bunny i thought i saw charizard there's a lucario mr mime snorlax fletchling yeah um, all paid for uh froki is in there slowpoke absol they're not all paid for what did you call me <laughs> it's my tongue list. I'm sorry, you asshole. <laughs> I I think a lot of it will be paid for. Um Nintendo has been see they they don't call them free to play. They call it free to start. Uh like any were, classic mobile game. Well, so they actually had a pretty interesting setup going on the Nintendo 3DS. They had some of these games that were free to download and you could play it for like they gave you just enough of the game to unlock maybe like the first part of it but then anything else you had to pay for and they were fairly small transactions like you know like a dollar here like dollar 50 something like that um but that's what they call them free to start uh there's this like crane game thing because remember like on the wii u they had like um like stamps that you can yeah. unlock in games, put on like the Miiverse and stuff like that. So the 3DS, when they added themes, 
you could add uh they eventually added this thing i forget what it's called it was like some uh like you know like the crane games right where you like yeah. pick up things um it was something like that but you could you could win like these badges uh that eventually like you could get like a whole set and they had different themed sets like zelda pokemon they had mario like different uh anything that was like a nintendo ip or a nintendo um a game on a Nintendo system. Uh, and then you could add these stickers or badges to your home theme, like your home screen. So in order to actually unlock more turns or um, get some more of the premium uh, kind of crane levels, you had to pay for it. And it was very easy to do that because you didn't have to leave the app for it. Like, like, you know how, like, most times when you do, like, microtransactions or if you're buying, like, a set of something, you have to, like, leave the game, go to the actual, like, game, like, system store. Yeah, and then you have to annoying. go back in. Well, on the Nintendo ones, yes, some of them, you know, you'd, you'd buy stuff through the eShop. But in these games, you wouldn't actually have to leave the game. It would do the whole purchase thing within the game. So it was very immersive and very easy, I think, for uh, people to to buy these so i i honestly think that's what this is going to be on uh for pokemon unite now my biggest concern though is if i buy something if i'm playing it on mobile and i'm playing it on my switch if i buy something on the mobile app is it going to transfer over to be unlocked on the switch because uh what if i'm you know i i'm not someone who brings my switch around to play when I'm ooting the boot. So I play on my phone. But what if I go home and I want to play? If if I'm going to spend money in a game that is like this, right, with these microtransactions and stuff like that, I should, especially from Nintendo, I think, I should have the ability, or should have the ability to unlock everything from that I purchased on one system to the next. I don't see why they shouldn't do that. Well, other than more money. My guess would be yes. Uh, I would have to, you would have to assume you're logging in with your Nintendo account. It's got to be like, um, oh, what was it called? Super Mario Run. And um, mm-hmm. the Mario, did Mario Kart Online or the Mario Kart Mobile have um, in game progress or no? Uh, like you could, well, like it was different. It wasn't at all related to the, the um Mario Kart on Switch. Like I know you have to still log into your Nintendo account in order for those games to collect coins for you. Yes. The Animal Crossing yes, Pocket Camp correct. does that as well. That is correct. So I would assume Pokemon Unite would have the same kind of mechanic where you're logged well, into your Nintendo account. Well like the thing is is like you could log like, I think Fortnite does that. Where like for V Bucks if you buy V-Bucks on one platform, those don't transition over to another platform, but your the items that you purchase do. So, yeah. It'll be, what, is there a release date for Pokemon Unite? Um, I think it's summer for Switch and then September for mobile. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Summer's here. <laughs> Where, yeah, like two... Earlier in the week, what one July twenty twenty one. June twenty first was uh was the first day of summer. 
Yeah, all you Pokemon Go players were uh, playing for the Reggie Gigas in the Summer Solstice event. Reggie Gigas? Was that like a giant Reggie Phyllis Amim? Sort of. He's like, hey, just so you know, my I am here ready. to play Pokemon <laughs> with you. That's my best Reggie. That's horrible. <laughs> it's not like Video Game Donkey. Hey, this is Reggie. I am sending you the newest games. Good old yeah. Reggie. Yeah. Um. What's next? What's next? Do you want to do the TV stuff or do you want to do the E3 recap? Let's what? do E3 because we're still on games right now. So Sure. So thinking back, what got you excited? What Nothing. just had you salivating? Nothing. Nothing. Not really. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, I, I can't really think of anything that really, really got me excited. Um, that's a tough one. I, I honestly, so here's my problem, which I've probably said before, is that they announced things way too, way too early. You know, even Nintendo is doing that this year, where it's everything, a lot of things were coming out 2022, right? Microsoft's by far had the best, uh, presentation but a lot of the stuff was released coming out in 2022 or and like not an, even a actual release date just like a like a the year yeah um so i don't know what what did you think what was your favorite or most excited thing uh, my favorite part was when it ended <laughs> e3 <laughs> um, as a whole yeah this e3 for me kind of sucked i'm not gonna lie i didn't feel super hyped about anything there was a few cool looking things that we kind of saw but nothing really um how do you say like page turning Mm -hmm. like i don't think i ran out to pre-order anything well you don't have to because it's all coming to game pass day one (laughs) that's also true but you know like you know what i mean like i had no inclination to even for nintendo pre-order anything there was no real need. So it's kind of tough. Uh, I'm just trying to think of any games that it really kind of blew off the table. Like I did like the look of Forza Horizon. I mm-hmm. thought that looked really, really good. Um, I'm excited now that I've seen a little bit more information about Halo. But again, we're not, we don't know what or when that is happening. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like... Okay, cool. Thinking through like Bethesda or not Bethesda, like Ubisoft, nothing. I mean, Riders Republic kind of looked cool. Guardians in the Guardians of the Galaxy was one of the like true surprises of the day. Yeah, the I I agree. I would say out of no, to be totally honest with you, out of anything that I I'm the most intrigued to play, it's going to be Guardians of the Galaxy. But not because I'm like I'm super psyched for Guardians of the Galaxy game, but I'm just in- interested to see how they manage to change the um the superhero video game genre. I'd agree. Right. Not only that, I'm I'm excited to see how they fuck it up on the Switch. Why? I just don't think it's gonna look good on the Switch, do you? Do you legitimately think it's gonna look good on the Switch? Oh, absolutely not. I think it's going to look horrible. But, I mean, so out of everything, that's all I can think of that was like, oh, 
that was cool. Like I was intrigued by um, Dozens and Dragons uh, Dark Alliance, which is kind of like a remake of uh, Dark Alliance that came out on uh, the PS2 and um, GameCube and Xbox. Uh, that actually just recently came out. That came out on the 22nd. And it's yeah. uh, available on Game Pass. So I downloaded it last, uh, like, a few nights ago. Actually, I downloaded it on the 22nd when it came out to give it a shot. And it's definitely a game that you need to play with people. Um, there's a few things that I I dislike about it. Primarily, the controls. <laughs> um, so I'm playing as, like, a barbarian, like, warrior. And his weapon's like a giant uh, hammer. So he's kind of slow, but he's powerful. But you know when you, like, are playing, like, an action RPG, like a hack and slash game, and you are swinging your... Like, it's it's so hard to describe this because it's like I there's a guy there in front of me, and I'm going to swing my weapon and hit them. Well mid swing they attack me and then it messes up my attack and then they move around cuz they're faster than me and i'm still aiming like forward like i'm it doesn't have any sort of like it's it's not like i want auto aim cuz i think that's silly but i felt like most of the time when i was swinging my weapon to hit something i was just swinging through and then it kept going and they moved out of the way and then i'm swinging to do nothing and i can't stop my attack mid-action or anything like that it it was just it's just frustrating um that was like the only thing that i was like really interested in playing recently but other than that i don't know oh look at this it has a two-star rating on game pass out of five (laughs) <laughs> of course it does. Interesting. The okay. only things that I had written down for games I was super excited for. One makes no sense because I haven't played the first one, but I did download it the other day, and that's The Outer Worlds 2. I was excited just because the trailer was fun. And it got me kind of excited through a drier part of the presentation. But um, Flight Simulator. My oh, PC yeah. can't handle it. So yes, I'm it excited. Can. Yes, it can. Okay. Let let me rephrase this. I've attempted to download it a few times through Game Pass on my PC, and it would always stall. It's a very large game, yeah. Yeah, so not worth it. But now I'll have it on my Xbox. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And Halo, because it will be free to play, that's pretty sweet. But in every E3, there's a winner and a loser. Actually, before that, is there any games that you maybe wanted to revisit or you downloaded after E3 because you were like, Hey, I can play this original game. I just want to check it out. Um, uh, no. So I can tell you, I downloaded two games, um, outer worlds and halo (laughs) five, because I realized (laughs) I almost played it last night. Almost played it. You haven't even David it, man. Uh, once I started, though, I think I'll be into it. Um, I downloaded Halo 5 because I realized the last Halo I beat was actually Halo 4. So I, too, was confused as to what was happening with Cortana. Okay, well, guess what? The last Halo that I beat was none of them. Actually, no, I've beaten Halo Reach. 
Good and, for I, you. and I've beaten ODST. The easiest one. That one was frustrating. That's because you have no armor. That's why it's frustrating. Yeah. You're not a Spartan. You're a, what What you want to call it? A ranger? Yeah. You know what we should do? We should co-op through all of the uh, Halo games. Well, I'll co-op Halo 5 because I've downloaded it. <laughs> I'm not going to download the other ones. Why not? Just download the Master Chief Collection. <sighs> so much work. Yeah, but it's it's been patched for uh, the Series X. Okay, fine. Ray tracing. Maybe maybe what we'll do is we'll stream them. Our, yeah, stream our co-op adventures. Yeah. How long is Halo 1? How long would it take us to beat it? We'll just uh, play on an easy or some shit. I say we start on Halo 3 because I think that's where you can start co-oping. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, Something like that. There's obviously an overall winner and an overall loser for the show. It's kind of an unfair fight, though, because there's a lot of of, uh, players not actually participating. I think it's an unfair fight because only one company really showed up. Right, that, but that's I mean, what I'm Ubisoft saying. did have a solid presentation, even though we knew everything that was coming. I think that one surprise, mm-hmm. but Square Enix was awful. Actually, I will say the VR upload show was pretty cool. Unplugged looks like a really cool game. There was also a really cool PSVR game that was like you were skiing with guns. That, that seemed kind of fun. Is it called Ski Gunner? I actually don't know. It's called Fract. Oh. Interesting. It, yeah, it looks really cool. Um, I think honestly, to to no surprise, Microsoft Bethesda would have been the clear winner in my eyes. It's it's not a lot about what, or sometimes it's about quantity, but all the uh, like other times it's about quantity or quality. Mm-hmm. And we saw more game footage than we did see alpha footage or beta footage. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of pre renders. They did take advantage of having um, a Battlefield trailer, which I guess is fine. <laughs> I I think uh, the big thing that really stood Microsoft apart from, you know, Nintendo and Ubisoft, Square Enix, is that they they had people there talking, right? Like, not saying Nintendo didn't have people. Like, they had some guys at the beginning doing an intro and stuff like that. But Microsoft had some of their notable staff discussing you know what they're doing where they came from where they're going their plans for the future and they genuinely were excited to show off these new upcoming games whereas like the nintendo direct it was just it just felt very manufactured right like it was just like okay this game and then this game with a description and then this game with a description yeah and this we game did with not need those like the five minute videos explaining why they were doing what they were doing. That's and a waste of time in an hour. It, yeah. It just was like, okay, like Nintendo, just like show us something that we want to be excited for. Same thing with square Enix. Like they spent a, a decent amount of time. Majority of their conference or their presentation talking about um, guardians of the galaxy, which was cool. Like they actually, that's, that was an interesting, like, at first, when I was like, oh, Guardians of the Galaxy, like another Marvel game, like whatever. But they they went into detail and they were ex- explaining how the game is different, what they're doing with it, right? And it made it show, it, it showed that they were excited for it and it made the game seem more interesting. 
but then later on, like the rest of their presentation was just like, okay, now is a quick five minute segment of 30 second trailers for games that are coming out. Oh, right? yes. like Square Enix also was just upsetting with how much they focused on just Borderlands and the Borderlands expansions. That's all you they mean. Care. You mean, um, what did I say? You said Square Enix. You mean uh, Gearbox? Yes, yeah, sorry. Wow. Square Enix was the, a lot of Final Fantasy stuff that I didn't care about. Well, not even. It was like not so much Final Fantasy stuff. Uh, I, I looked a little f- more into that whole like Final Fantasy 1 through 6 kind of thing, and all it is is a pixel-perfect remake. So they're still the original like pixelated stuff, but they're just um, designed to be played on widescreen displays. And there was a interview done through, I think it's Famitsu or something like that. Like it's uh, the Japanese um, gaming uh, website or gaming magazine um, about what's it called? Um, Strangers, Stranger of Paradise. Um, and because a lot of people are like, oh, it's a it's a remake of Final Fantasy uh, 1. But they kind of explain more that it's it's not so much a remake of it. It's actually very loosely based off of Final Fantasy 1. Some of the characters and, and enemies and stuff like that are taken from there. But uh, what was it? It's Team Ninja, I think it is. Um, that is developing it and team ninja made like a bunch of these like action rpg games and and the hack and slash games right um so it's kind of like their take on um the i don't know final fantasy mythos um so i have to find the interview and I'll, i'll see if i can post it somewhere um what games did they make Dead or Alive, yeah, Ninja Gaiden. They did Metroid Other M, Hyrule Warriors, stuff like that. Uh, so it is not actually a game that is part of the Final Fantasy universe, or it's not like canon. They've just taken some of the it is well the the premises. It is set in dark fantasy interpretation of the setting for the original Final Fantasy game. Uh, and so I guess the characters are drawn in from other worlds. Um, apparently he's obsessed with this uh, thing called chaos. If you hadn't watched the trailer. So when you play the game and realize that it's not a remake of a final fantasy game, it's not a re-implementation of a final fantasy game. It's something completely different, but taking that I would say is more heavily influenced by a Final Fantasy game, then it it will feel like something different. I think people, I was actually really excited for it when when they announced it because I was like, oh, this is a cool like different take on the first Final Fantasy game, which is dated. It is a very dated game, and I think it would do well with a with an updated remake. But I played the demo a little bit, and it was it was like it doesn't feel like a Final Fantasy game. It doesn't even feel like Final Fantasy 15 that had that whole kind of like hack and slash battle system. And it doesn't even feel like Final Fantasy seven remake. Um, so 
they ended with that, and I think it confused a lot of people. Um, and because not a lot of people read these Japanese gaming sites and might not necessarily be um, looking, it, it might not be just like big news, right? Like it's not something that is going to be posted on like Kotaku or IGN, stuff like that. It's going to be missed. And I feel like this game is probably not going to sell as well as um, Square Enix hopes. And I think partially that's because of their, <laughs> like, it's going to get poor reviews because people are going to expect that it's like a fun, another Final Fantasy remake. And it isn't. How big does your shelf have to be if you have every Final Fantasy game ever made in physical well, form? Uh, not that big. There's like multiple versions of each game, though. Like, like, but... Are you including all those multiple versions, or are you just including, like, if they have Final Fantasy 1, that counts as owning that game? Well, you know a major collector would have multiple copies of the same game. Yeah. No, you you would need a pretty significant shelf. Maybe, like, two full bookshelves. Like, not like the shelf itself, like a, a bookshelf that has, like, six shelves, we'll say. Like a full Ikea Billy. Yeah, something like that. A few of those. Now, I know someone who uh, they are obsessed with like Final Fantasy and they are obsessed with Sonic and obsessed with like Zelda and all this stuff. So when these games come out, they'll actually buy two copies of it. One so that they can keep sealed on their shelf because they think that it's going to like shoot up in value like insane, an insane amount. Um, and one that they can play. I'm like, you're just wasting money. Games don't accumulate value as much as they used to there's a few odd ones that have but for the most part like final fantasy 7 remake having a sealed copy of that you know what 40 bucks <laughs> you know there's no point in having some of these new games and and collect them all like they're cool for collector sakes right especially like those old ones like if i could get like a uh, original copies of final fantasy 1 through 6 Hell, even like seven, eight, nine on the PlayStation One, like the non greatest hits versions, those can be kind of those are hard to find, right? Yeah. But anything more modern, like Final Fantasy Twelve, whatever, easy peasy, lemon squeezy, I could find probably like three copies at like the game store down the street. Well, you saw like some games just have exorbitant rare prices, like Little Samson. Or mm. some original Mario games in really good condition that still have like the cardboard intact. Yeah, but those those are 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 special cases, right? Like, like that Mario one that sold for like, what was it like a hundred thousand dollars or something like that? Wasn't it in like pristine condition? It, that's exactly it. It was right? graded it still had, again. It still had the original shrink wrap on it, and and having something like that is in fact such a rare a rarity. But having a sealed copy of Final Fantasy VII Remake made for the PlayStation 4 where literally all it is inside is a disc, that's not going to accumulate in value at all. Yeah, and back in the day, I didn't have that kind of willpower. I wanted Pokemon Red so bad, I think I ripped the plastic off it. Yeah, then you smelled it. I did. Did you ever do that? Did you ever smell like games when you got it? No. Or was that just me and my friends? You're just weird. Yeah, probably. So overall, we're saying Microsoft win, Nintendo loses. Yeah, 
But the biggest losers are the contestants on the sexy beasts <laughs> for oh, Netflix. Fuck. Have you seen this trailer? Oh my god. Bro. Yeah. You, this is the okay. I had a good day today. <laughs> I went <and> ruined it. <laughs> and then you showed me this trailer, and it actually pissed me off so much. There's this. It's a. It's a. What is it? Um. A reality show? Is it out now or is it coming out? Uh, I will check on that, but you can start explaining. It's it. called Sexy Beasts, and it's literally The Bachelor or any of those other like reality shows where people are trying to hook up. But the contestants, the curated cast, I should say, uh, are all wearing like different like furry masks, animal masks. Stuff like that. So you can't actually see who the person is under the mask. So the whole premise is like, oh, can they fall in love with their personality? But really, it's like you guys are just, this is just a joke, right? Like you guys are doing shit together and you're wearing a mask. You're having a good time. Sure. And then obviously at the end, they're going to do a presentation, like a, a reveal of like who's under the mask, right? And obviously, it's going to be traditionally classic, good-looking people. So take this in. Um, I, I can't find a release date, but this show originated in the UK in 2014. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. This is weird. And, like, okay... I have to I have to give it to them. The the makeup and the effects that they use for these like animal masks and stuff like that. That's very well done. Um but you don't need it. We already have the mask singer and the mask dancer. Yeah. It's just this is just another one of those like obviously people are going to watch this because they love these kind of these freaking dating sims shows. Where they can be like, oh, like the Bachelor. Have you seen like the photos of like the upcoming Bachelors? They all look the same. <laughs> They're cookie cutters. It's this is well, this. You know what they need to do? All of these people should be ugly. <laughs> traditionally, not saying that you know people are ugly. <laughs> they should have traditionally ugly people. Then, then they could answer the question. Can you fall in love with someone if you don't know what they look like and all you know is their personality? Or they should be wearing bigger costumes so they can't see you can't see the person's body. Right? They should be wearing so that person who is dressed up as a who has the head of a freaking dolphin should be wearing a dolphin costume. There you go. You've, that you've... person wearing a fo- <laughs> then it just turns into like a furry thing. Well, that's what it says. It's like this furry dating show you won't want to miss. I'll watch the first episode. Maybe we'll review it. Oh, yeah. Let's do a live reaction. Oh, that'd be horrible. But I like it. Everything, every time, we could turn into a drinking game. Every time I want to forget what I'm watching, I'll take a drink. I'll just be drinking the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Before we go, I want to hit two quick topics. One, summer blockbusters are about to begin. Um, most places you can now go to the movie theater, which is can you? nice. Yeah, in America you can. Oh, in America. Not, not in good old Canada where you still can only have four people outside. 
hey, in Ontario, we've been so good that they might let us open a few days early, which means absolutely nothing. Yeah. Means because like the, it means it will happen on a Friday instead of the Monday. We all know that the government has no control and we're going to blow whatever plan they have. Anyways, I want to know what you think will win. Fast and the Furious 9 or Black Widow, which will have a better box office. The reason I'm asking you these two movies specifically is they're both scheduled to be released within two weeks of each other. And they were supposed to come out last year. So these movies are already a year overdue. People have worked on other projects since. Um, Fast and the Furious. I agree. I think Fast and the Furious is going to blow Black Widow out of the water. And that's no disrespect to Marvel or Black Widow. But the Fast and the Furious has been so hyped. And I was saying to this to somebody the other day. When they revealed last April that Han was returning. And like he didn't actually die. People were like, holy shit, I'm losing my mind. And then the movie was supposed to come out in May. And then we waited a year. Yeah. People want to see that. Well, that's like a reveal. Like they were, they revealed it properly. And then unfortunately a pandemic got in the way. Mm-hmm. Well, something similar happened to, uh, what was it? Um, Greyhound, which was the Tom Hanks, uh, like warship movie. It was hyped, hyped, hyped. There was a lot of, uh, um, advertisements for that. And it was kept being delayed and delayed and delayed. Eventually, um, Apple bought the or or partnered with the studios to release it, so it was released on uh, Apple TV. Um, and I don't think it did as well, obviously, because it was limited to that platform. But it was a very good movie. Like it, it had really good ratings. But a big part of that is people love Tom Hanks. Right. So I think with the fat, these, these movies, like people love the fast and the furious movies, right? Like they're just fun movies to watch, right? Like they're, they've gotten so ridiculous now. They're just fun to watch though. But black widow, I don't know. We know she dies. (laughs) So it's like, why are we watching a prequel movie about someone that we know is just going to die anyways? Yeah, it's, I don't know. I think you're right. I think that's definitely right. And I I think when when all is said and done, we've had such a shitty year and a half, right? Like not being able to enjoy just the normal things that we being able to enjoy. Now, granted, the United States has been pretty much back to normal over the last, like, I don't know, for the last few months. But in Canada, at least, I think once theaters open up, if we are lucky enough to go and be able to see these movies, I think people are going to choose to go see Fast and the Furious because it just is, it's just a, like I said, it's just a fun movie that just doesn't take itself too seriously. And I think that's what we need. I think that's what a lot of people need just to kind of relax and enjoy something that doesn't, that just kind of, has a happy ending of cars doing stuff. Vroom, vroom, motherfucker. Vroom, vroom, motherfucker. Finally, <laughs> Loki. Oh, yeah, I totally forgot Loki came out. Have you watched or no? Yeah. Interesting pace for a six-episode <laughs> series. Yeah. So 
we we've seen the first two episodes, and I I was thinking about this. We um instead of kind of discussing each episode as it comes out, I think we should do it in uh, a two episode segments. So every two weeks we'll talk about kind of what happened. That would give us uh, more opportunity to talk about like the story overall and how it's progressing. What do you think? Sure. I like it. Also because we've watched two episodes and (laughs) we haven't talked about it since. Um, It's weird that it's coming on Wednesdays. Yeah. It's really screwing a lot of my week up. Yeah. You know what? Because like I'd come home and watch either um, that other one. What was the other one that? Um, what was the one that came out with uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Yeah, that's right, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Come home, watch that, watch Mighty Ducks, and then watch Bad Batch. Now, come home on Wednesdays, and uh, new Loki's out, but I don't want to watch it. I I need to save it till Wednesday or till Friday because that's kind of like I don't know. I'm like. It's ingrained in my my brain that when I start watching those shows, it's Friday and I can stay up late. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first two episodes actually really interesting. Yeah, I've uh, I found the cinematography really really well done. Um, Tom Hiddleston has been remarkable in mm-hmm. the series so far. It's a very well spoken character. Very and like the the little time like the finite touches they're doing to the characters are unbelievable. Yes. It's like the last thing Loki felt wasn't Thanos snapping his neck. It was uh, Thor hugging him. Well, I, I think it, they, they did a great job with um, explaining to the audience kind of like what had happened to Loki's character while explaining it to Loki himself. So if you forgot what happened in the last two Avengers movies, if you're watching these, uh, if you're watching Loki, it kind of k- brings you up to speed, right? It gives you just enough info that you need to know. So you can, you, you know what happens to his character in the normal timeline. Um, oh, should I say spoiler alert? Uh, yeah, but we, we won't really re- review it. We're just giving an angel vibes. But they give you just enough information to so that you know what his goal is, right? He wants to kind of figure out how he can... I, I, this is at least what I'm assuming. He's trying to figure out how he can go back to his regular timeline and change his fate, I guess. Um, Owen Wilson really really is probably like the shining star in uh, <laughs> in Loki right now, though. Except, did his nose get more broken? Wow. 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 That's... that's <laughs> he's... Yeah, I, he's so good at getting into our character. And Owen Wilson it. Wilsoning it. Yeah. I never thought I would like Owen Wilson. Like he's such a comedian, right? I never thought I would like him in uh, like the Marvel universe, but he fits the character so well. Like he's just like this guy that's trying to do his job. He doesn't take it very seriously, but he takes it seriously at the same time, you know, and he wants to trust Loki, but at the same time, he's very careful about it. Um, This, the end of episode two without spoiling it, 
I think this is very interesting what they're doing. They introduce a character that is very much well known in the Marvel universe, right? But now that they've now that now they've added an additional dilemma to the Loki character that we know and love, mm-hmm. right? Um, because up until that point, we're just told we're told one thing, the characters believe one thing, and then in the last moment, the whole thing flips itself. And you're left there thinking, WTF, mate, what just happened? And the whole, like, oh, you have Infinity Stones. And Loki's, like, so happy. And I was like, yeah, they mean nothing here. Although I did see a good theory that, I don't know, do you remember watching Ant-Man and the Wasp? Yes. You know, Hope Van Dyne, like, talks about being in the quantum realm. And they see that city in the background. People believe that the TVA is that city. Interesting. Because, yes. The time thing. She's like, time works differently when you're in the quantum realm, right? Yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's how... Mm, Interesting. Interesting theory. That is an interesting theory. Because they're working on the Ant-Man 3, right? I believe they are. So it'll be interesting to see if if that t- ties in at anyway. And it's called Quantum Mania. Oh well, there you go. Yeah. So so is that it? This one we. Uh, I, I think so. That's we get, it. We get to roll. Yeah. Well, I I think that's about it. Yeah. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm no longer allowed to talk to, about Angela, my significant other. Redacted. <laughs> Redacted. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, we had some fun today. We had some laughs. And, of course, we had you guys. Thank you very much for listening. Of course, find us on your favorite podcatchers, Instagram, Twitter, all that fun stuff. Tell all your friends we exist. For myself and David. That's me. Thanks for listening. Peace.